Good morning, everybody. It is Saturday, November 25th, 2023. And this story flew under the radar for most people, not the one that's on the screen here. Um, I saw somebody mention it in the live chat. I'll go over it briefly. I'm going to probably do a proper uh, pre-scripted video on this because I'm going to connect it to a, a statement that's almost practically the opposite of this one that came out from Rome since then. But um, today, the main focus of what we're going to talk about here is Bishop Strickland and Bishop Athanasius Schneider showing up together on a live stream on YouTube on a very, well, small YouTube channel that I'm surprised more of you don't subscribe to. And so I will put a link in the chat to the full interview. Um, the host of that channel, Paul Thies. Paul, email me, tell me how to pronounce your name properly, okay? Um, <clears throat> he sent me a link to the interview. And I asked for permission to show you guys a couple of clips from that interview. And he gave me permission to do so, so I'm going to. They came together in this interview to essentially tell people how to navigate the stormy waters of what's going on in the church right now, how to keep your faith and how to, and, and you know what your response should be to it. How, the interview is like half an hour long and I've got like two five-ish minute clips here to show you. So it's well worth your time to go watch the, the full thing after this. I'll have, again, a link in the live chat, maybe in the comments when this is done. And I'll have a link in the show notes at returntotradition.org. So there'll be plenty of ways you can find it. <clears throat> but we're going to talk about this one first. So Gloria TV is reporting an article from the Tagus Post. Now, the reason I'm not going with the Tagus Post one is because their website is very hard to navigate. I think it's almost entirely paywall. And the one time I tried to get a physical copy of it in the mail, because you can request a free physical copy, they sent me one in German. <laughs> so it wasn't exactly useful. So we're going to have to go with the Gloria TV, as reported by en.news, which is another Vatican paper tiger against German apostasy. Cardinal Pietro Perlin has told the German bishops that there will be no discussion of ordaining the ladies and a change in the church's teaching on the James Martin stuff at meetings with delegates of the German Synod way back in November. This happened in October and was reported on November 11th. Okay. I have a video already made for this coming week where it'll show you why this is a paper tiger because the since that time, the German bishops have said they don't really care and are going to move forward. The October 23 note suddenly regards the, the male priesthood and the sinfulness of James Martin's stuff as non-negotiable. So, in other words, the Vatican reiterated the church's teaching on ordination and James Martin's stuff, which is great. Now, what I would like to have the Vatican do is actually reiterate that stuff by not having Francis write personal letters to the German bishops telling them that their synod is a work of the Holy Ghost, because he's done that or writing personal letters to James Martin and to Sister Janine Gramick of Outreach, or of uh, New Ways Ministry, rather, and telling them that their work is a, the work of the Holy Ghost. That'd be really nice. <laughs> so, again, Frank Walker reiterated over on Canon 212, calling it a paper tiger, I think, is how he phrased it. And because you have Francis contradicting Perlin here, even though Perlin is clearly acting on behalf of Francis. So, be wary of celebrating these things. Good morning to everybody in the chat. Good morning, Deborah. Yes, you caught us live for once. Probably helps that this is a Saturday morning. Um, but yes, good morning to everybody. So I'm going to just jump right in, I think, to these clips here. Again, this comes from the channel Sangreal. The host, Paul, email me again, Paul. Let me know how to pronounce your name. He has a 36-minute interview with Bishop Schneider and Strickland together on the same live stream. 
And he goes with them. He asks them very good questions about what should the laity do when Rome is wanting to change, is signaling that they're going to change non-negotiables. Or in how should the laity educate themselves on the faith? So we're going to go over clip number one. It's about five minutes long. Again, it's a 36-minute interview. I have the permission of the host of that channel to use a couple clips from this. And I tried to keep them to about five minutes each. So here we go on the educating yourself topic. Um, let me ask you both, what is your advice on what the laity should be doing now? I, I, I think the laity in large part are paying more attention now than maybe in years past. I know in my life I am, but you know, what should the lady be doing now to prepare for potentially damaging changes to either the liturgy or to long held church doctrines? Um, and I'll, I'll start with you, Bishop Strickland. Thank you, Paul. Um, and I, I'm sure both Bishop Schneider and I have answered this question before. Uh, people are asking, what, what should we do? And certainly pray, mm -hmm. but also um, know your faith. Continue to study so that it, as things are questioned, you know that it's very clear that whatever new answers are coming along, if they're contradicting what is the um, deposit of faith, the ancient teaching of the church that comes from scripture, from magisterial documents, from um, the catechism as it exists today, uh, from lives lived like St. Cecilia's, I would encourage people to just continue, and certainly always, even if we weren't facing this crisis, we all need to continue to grow and learn uh, in our faith. And that I, I would encourage people to do that. Also, to enter more deeply into prayer and fasting, to take their spiritual journey more seriously. And I think a lot of people are doing that because they're concerned, maybe confused, maybe they're seeing family members that are wandering and, and ceasing to live an active faith life in the church. Um, so, Use that concern, I would tell people, to, to determine to learn more and to make every day uh, as part of your spiritual journey to go to confession, to go to Mass, certainly on Sunday, but as often as possible. The Mass is our most powerful prayer, Christ really present, and that erosion of Eucharistic faith is significant in the world today. So those of us who do believe Go to confession, um, assist at Mass as often as possible, do works of spiritual um, growth like fasting, um, to really pray the rosary, of course. Just, I guess, really to simply say, I would encourage people to go back to the basics, the things they learned in their childhood. Um, praying the rosary is not a childish prayer or a prayer for the elderly or just for people who aren't busy. Instead, praying the rosary should be woven into every person's life, the most busy and most active. And be creative about finding the ways. Maybe it's in your commute to work. Maybe it's in, in those pauses that you have a little bit during the workday. Even if you can't say the complete rosary all at once. I mean, that's the ideal. But to... To make your lives more of a spiritual journey, 
I, I guess I would say those two points to to learn your faith, to intellectually form yourself better so that when these false teachings are prom- promoted, even as Bishop Snyder said, from the from the highest offices in the church, you don't you know that 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 isn't the truth because you've studied it for yourself. So I would say form your intellect more deeply in the truth of the faith and also pray more fervently and take the spiritual journey seriously. Mm. And then Bishop Schneider, the same question, um, you know, what should the laity be doing uh, for these potentially damaging changes to the liturgy or to long-held church doctrines? Yes, I think uh, Bishop strictly said the basic uh, things already, mm-hmm. and I'm completely agreeing. I would only add maybe this aspect that it would be good for lay people to read the um, biographies of the martyrs of different time, mm-hmm. and this encourage our faith, our conviction of faith. For example, St. Thomas More, St. John Fisher, they were confessing the faith within, I would say, the church, because all the bishops of England in that time uh, uh, abandoned the Catholic faith in this case concretely. Mm-hmm. A layman, Thomas More, professed the faith until his death, and the only one bishop, John Fisher, an example only, but we can take other examples so it would be good to read these examples of, of the fidelity to the Catholic faith uh, by many examples. All right. Uh, again, for those joining late, I have uh, the, the permission of the person who saw giving that interview to use to, cl- to use a couple clips here. The interview in full length is like 36 minutes long, and my clips are about five minutes of each, like t- twice. So you're... I, I encourage people to check the full uh, interview out after it's done. I'll have, I have a link down in the live chat. There'll be a link in the comments when this is done and for those watching later. And there will be a clip in the show notes at returntotradition.org, which will go live at about 10 minutes to 7 Central Standard Time. So um, I just want to give you a couple of uh, things there. When you talk about the changes to the liturgy, there has been a strong and persistent rumor coming out of Rome that there was going to be a... Novus Novus Ordo, basically, a more synodal liturgy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that they're talking about uh, change, doing another revision of the Novus Ordo. And this is, in its, this will not simply be undoing Benedict XVI's changes to the Novus Ordo. If you're not aware, there had been this debate that theologians honestly didn't know the answer to whether the Novus Ordo was even legitimate in terms of like if you got the Eucharist because the consecratory rite as translated from the Latin in a lot of countries was terrible and strictly speaking might have invalidated it. Benedict XVI took it so seriously that he issued a new translation and promulgated it to the churches in the Western world. And in some dioceses, Germany, his own home country of Germany, they ignored him. This is wouldn't just simply be an undoing of that, but there's rumored to be more, including uh, enculturated rites of mass in various parts of the world and all sorts of other things. The For someone who preaches as much unity as Francis does, there's a, a very serious talk of 
destroying the one thing that does create unity, which in the church, which is the liturgy. Yes, where the where the interview can be found, the Sangreal channel is very good. It is very good. If you're looking for less stressful news content occasionally, you know, a good palate cleanser after my news stories, that's a good one to check out, I think. What kind of changes? Rumors are all over the place, but at least in enculturated uh, masses, others that would probably be more open to Protestants as if the first attempt at that went well at all. So <laughs> Raven Ray says a novus novus ordo. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> I hope they call it that too. That'd be great. <laughs> at least be at least be honest when they do it. Let's go right to the second one here. And this is a, it's a slightly shorter clip. And the question that they're asked is essentially, what should you do in this time? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Our Lord said, I will send you the spirit of truth. And he will, he will not speak of himself. This says our Lord. And this is the characteristic of the Holy Spirit. Only he said, our Lord, he will remind you, recall you all what I have taught you. This is the, the task of the Holy Spirit, not to introduce new things, but only to remind, recall what Jesus taught and to, to transmit, uh, to remind us not to forget the divine revelation of Jesus Christ. And so this is also the task of the magisterium. As Vatican II said, the magisterium, the Pope and the bishops, when they teach, they are not above the word of God or the tradition, it's also mentioned, but below, beneath. And so I would say this is the characteristic if someone has true the Holy Spirit. Um, so it is to the extent as someone is truly faithful to the constant voice of the church and tradition and to holiness, of course, the same. To that extent, he can say, probably he's inspired by the Holy Spirit, but even though I do not like this, because who of us can say, I am now speaking from the Holy Spirit? I think this is a kind of spiritual arrogance to attribute to, to a meeting, a church meeting, the category of inspired by the or guided by the Holy Spirit. I think we have to, to return and to be more modest and humble. Hmm. Hmm. And, and Bishop Strickland, the same question to you. You know, how how can the laity, you know, how, how can we know um when our, our shepherds are being led by the Holy Spirit, not by the spirit of the world or the spirit of the age? Well, Bishop Schneider has already given the, the answer really beautifully. Um, he reminds me of what, what Christ says as we pray in the Eucharistic prayer. Do this in memory of me. It's always referring back to Christ who really dwelt among us and taught. <clears throat> he is truth incarnate. And so the Holy Spirit is always remembering the Lord. And I think that it's so important for us to remember that ourselves that the Holy Spirit is guiding the church to constantly, as, as you mentioned, Paul, as I've encouraged people in this time, to go deeper into Christ, to know him more fully, to examine all the issues that we face today in the light of Christ, who answered 
the questions for humanity when he walked this earth, taught and gave the revelation that is captured in sacred scripture and lived out in the life of the church through the ages. Another way that has been helpful to me that I will share is what I think we need to recall the concept of private revelation. And through the ages, people have had, and let's take, for example, um, the apparition of Our Lady of Fatima. That originated as a private revelation. It wasn't part of the public revelation that is sacred scripture and the tradition of the church. But as Fatima was examined, it was looking at that and, and looking back to looking to the teachings and saying, is Fatima resonating with what we know of Christ from the past? And is, is this authentic? That's how a private revelation is judged through. That's how it works in the church in many different instances. Um, and so that's what we still have to do is, is, as Bishop Snyder said, to look to look back to those roots of what, you know, what is the tradition of the church and to trust and to know that when Christ came, he fully, he's the fullness of revelation. Mm -hmm. So as he, the person incarnate among us, the wonder of Christ, the Son of God incarnate, he revealed all the truth. So we're always looking back to our Lord to see, is does this ring true mm -hmm. with what he's already told us? And if it doesn't, the church through the ages says, no, we don't authentically represent this as something that corresponds to the tradition of our faith. Mm. Those are, that's very sage advice from both of the bishops. Um, I'm looking here in the comments when, when people were asking about this rumored changes to the liturgy. Um, and Catherine in the chat nails it. It was, there's a lot of rumors about an intention to change the words of consecration. So let's talk about that briefly. I have never been one to tell you that I think the new mass is invalid. Okay. I've never been one to tell you that. I don't believe that. Individual instances of the new mass may be invalid because part of what makes the sacrament valid is if the priest when administering the sacrament intends to do what the church does when engaging in said sacrament. Okay. So if you have a, find a priest who has insists that the Eucharist is a symbol, you may not want to go to mass with that priest because that's heresy and undermines what he's doing. But this is one of the things that's been talked about is an intention to change the words of consecration. That's one thing. But also, as we've seen in other enculturated rites of mass in various other places, you will see folk music. I wouldn't even necessarily call it Catholic and possibly dance in a lot of places. It would the one of the things that had used to be the hallmark of the mass would be that you could travel anywhere in like the Latin right West and you could participate in the mass. The only thing you would not understand or that would be different would be the, the homily because it would be in whatever the local tongue was. But beyond that, you were fine. This, of course, since 1969, 1970 hasn't been the case anymore. But when if this stuff comes in, as has been rumored, it really will be true at that point. I mean, an invalid mass, right? If the, the abomination of desolation, that would be almost like the definition. If the, the if the liturgical rite as offered by Rome is no longer valid, then that's what that would be that way. Again, but let's hold off on making any hard and fast predictions about that until 
we see stories like that. I'm not, well, I don't really like rumors much because a lot of times rumors don't come true. For instance, um, there would have been a rumor last summer now, not this past summer, the summer before that Rome was going to, or that Francis was going to name a co-adjutor Bishop of Rome. That would have been an assistant Pope who upon Francis's resignation or passing would automatically bypass a conclave and become Pope. You might think that's impossible. Would not be the first time in history that's happened. It just hasn't happened in like a thousand years because the last couple of times it happened, the, Card the College of Cardinals weren't exactly happy. So strictly speaking, there's precedent for it. That had been a strong rumor. And then when the date came and went that that said rumor was supposed to be announced, it not, nothing came from it. So, And I remember seeing a lot of Catholic commentators doing videos about how this was going to happen. And it looked so plausible. I actually had a script ready for it, just, you know, with a few things I needed to add in. But I did refuse to put anything up on it because it was just a rumor. But it was coming from very good sources. So we got to be very careful with rumors. Let's see. Um, praying against rumors. Right. I mean, rumors are one of the tools of the adversary, aren't they? Um. Traditionalist Catholic wonders how full the SSPX chapel in Manila is, is, and wonder how it will be if these rumored changes, this inculturated rites of mass actually ever come to pass there. Anyway, but I will once again here, once this is done, I will put in the comments the a link to that stream as well. This is for YouTube. If you're listening to this later on Spotify, you'll have to go to returntotradition.org to find a link, which will take you to YouTube for the full thing. I don't think there's a Sangreal um, Spotify channel. And if there isn't, Paul, if you're watching this, I do recommend you start one. Reach out to me. I'll, help, I'll walk you through it. But um, if there's any further questions, let's get to them now. Yes, Joseph, as we're wrapping up. <laughs> you, managed, you did manage to catch one. But um, if there is are any questions now in the chat, I will entertain them now. And we can talk about this. Um I would uh, suggest there was an email actually that I received from somebody that I think is worth talking about. And they're basically talking about how the state of the hierarchy and the bishops refusing to teach the faith in a lot of cases are why people like I exist. And he wasn't singing praises for what we do. I get the feeling I'm not the only one he sent that to. And I don't disagree at all. I, in fact, I told the person in response that even if we get a, a more orthodox pope following Francis, you're going to see people like what I do for a while anyway, because the pushback that Pope will get from all the people who thrived under Francis will be extraordinary. Um, and it's unfortunate because if, if most of the bishops were either the generally keep their head down and do their job kinds of bishops or like Bishop Strickland and Bishop Schneider with the supages as the outlier, instead of the reality being the reverse, then you wouldn't need people telling you all the stuff going on in the church. You wouldn't need laymen taking on like pseudo authority to, to talk about this stuff because the, most of the bishops would be doing their job. What is the best site to locate an SSPX liturgy? Do you can just Google a, uh, um, an SSPX mass locator? There's a website for that. And it even has like a, you know, a list of countries. So you can find where you're looking for. Um, also there's the TLM locator website too, for the non SSPX, like FSSP and Institute of Christ the King and other things like that. Although I think that one's just the United States, but I might be wrong about that. Um, 
Raven Ray says he has more information. If you want to email me any links to news stories, I would uh, be happy to do a video on this, actually, Ray. That might be very useful. Anyway, the um, yeah, so for those happy about what Cardinal Perelin said, I covered that at the beginning, saying no to the German bishops about their, some of their strangest ideas that they have. The story is almost a month old and the German bishops already signaled they don't care. So, and Francis himself counter signals his own words anyway, but I'll talk about that in a more proper, you know, short form video that I'll do in the next few days. Anyway, folks, thanks for tuning in today. I hope you found this useful. Please go check out that full interview. I promise you it's worth your time. I also have a video coming today about Malachi Martin and he's eerie predictions of synodality, actually, and where it comes from. You will find that enlightening, I promise you, as well as something on already available to the public from Leo Thirteenth about navigating present type situations in the church. So thanks for tuning in, folks. You have a blessed day.